Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out of this world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Hello, sweet pleasure seekers. Welcome to The Pleasure Zone. You're just crazy wild people for showing up on this. And I encourage you to stick around for tonight's topic where we're talking about boundaries. That's right. I intentionally said that a little slower and a little stranger. So it's just a little bit fun. And I say we because I mean that I have a guest on tonight. And my guest tonight is a lot of fun. She's one of my favorite people. And she's also the CEO of Inspired Choices Network as well. She has her own show on the Inspired Choices Network called Inspired Choices. She is a coach extraordinaire. She does. She's a holographist coach, uh, which means that she basically changes your reality by uh, the blink of an eye, almost pretty much that fast. <laughs> so if you'd like some magic and awesomeness in your life, definitely um, tap into this show, but also tap into the work of Christine McIver, who is my guest tonight. Uh, I should pronounce it McIver because that's actually how <laughs> she pronounces it. My friend, Christine McIver. And tonight we're talking boundaries. And Christine, when I said that title to you for tonight, what, what was your first thought? Were we like, uh, hello? <laughs> what the what? <laughs> well, um, it, you know, honestly, well, first of all, thank you for inviting me to to the night show. It's always a, an honor to dance with you on your show because I absolutely love your show. So it's like, wow, I get to be on the show. Um, but boundary, bound Aries, there's so many things that jumped up into my mind. Um, you know, we can talk about the physical, sexual boundaries we could talk about the boundaries that we have with people um that upset us people that hurt us um how we define how we interact with other people whether that is on social media or in person one-on-one i mean there's a lot of directions that we can go in so it was funny because literally when i read that I, my head spun like <laughs> it's just like like spun around as if okay, am I going around, like bound around, you know? Mm-hmm. I like it. Are we going to go bound around? Huh. <laughs> There's a great thought. I like it. Who, who wants to go bound around? <laughs> what did you think when it came to you, Melissa? Well, my first thought was that a lot of times people use boundaries as a way to um, stop themselves from receiving certain things, like, or they'll judge people for not having boundaries. You don't have any boundaries, so you're out of control. Or you're one of those people who has no boundaries, so you have no filter. Um, and I like to fully acknowledge that I likely have zero boundaries. I pretty much don't have boundaries. <laughs> and I'm really okay with it. <laughs> and I spent a lot of time in therapy 
yes, fully admit it, that I did spend a lot of time in therapy with a lot of therapists who told me repeatedly that I need to have clear boundaries. And for the life of me, that was like torture. Having clear boundaries was pretty much like sticking a hot pin in my eyeball and, and telling me I need to enjoy this. And when I was when I gave myself permission to have no boundaries, it was uh, mm-hmm. my life became way more fun. I can tell you that much. It just became so much more enjoyable and so much more fun to live. And, um, you know, stuff around suicide kind of like dropped away, too, because it's like, hey, when you don't have to live by other people's definitions of um rules of how things are supposed to be which is like being bound to their rules really um it's so much more fun to not be bound to other people's rules and i'm going to write that as a quote because i like that quote (laughs) which is so (laughs) much more fun i love it you know you know when we talk about boundaries we're trying to stop somebody from coming in and taking advantage of us. Like that's oftentimes what, you know, when we're talking about, oh, like your psychologist or whatever said, you need to have boundaries. And mm-hmm. and we're putting up these walls of trying to keep people out. But, but what else are we not allowing to come in? Because we have these boundaries up that we've decided. Like if you decide you need a boundary, like, you know, if somebody asks me out five minutes before the party, that's my boundary. I'm not going to go. It's like, yeah. you're going to miss the party, though, dude. Like, it's, it's what funny, is that? Right? There's, I, I don't know. There's so many funny things that we've decided are um, ethical or moral or socially acceptable. And when we look at boundaries, there are boundaries that are actually uh, have moral implications, right? So when you think about mm-hmm. some boundaries that people have, now I wouldn't necessarily refer to them as boundaries for me, as I would refer to them as like an awareness that that's not kind, but I don't refer right. to this as a boundary so much as, for example, like incest or pedophilia. To me, that is that you know, there's a point where that could be a boundary for somebody to not choose that, or it could be you're very aware that that would not be kind to a person, Mm -hmm. right? So when you're coming from that place where you're aware and that you're choosing from places that you're choosing things that are kindnesses to people rather than unkindnesses, then I want to note, like, in your opinion, if if you are coming from awareness and you're choosing to be kind to people, are... Are boundaries necessary? Is that the same as boundaries? Or are are boundaries, to me, boundaries are different energetically. They feel heavier. They feel, um, mm-hmm. they feel like projected onto you from other people where choosing awareness and choosing from kindness is actually you. It's all you. Well, yes, I completely agree with everything you just said. In addition to that, boundaries in my awareness is a decision that you have made in advance of how you're going to allow people to treat you or not treat you. And so if you're making decisions, right, decisions is an end point. It's a, it's a stop. And Mm -hmm. if you're coming from awareness, even let's take it over to the sexual boundaries, right? Like if somebody binds you, if, if you, if you are into bondage, 
and you have this going on in your sexual relationship, if you've decided that no, I cannot do that, or the last time it happened, this is what went on, and and if you make that decision, you cut off your awareness. You're 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 not allowing exactly what can be created to come forth if you are coming from decision. Absolutely. So when you are coming from decision, the energy stops, right? It's just like that is that's the definition of this is where I'm going to be and this is all I'm going to do and I will do nothing beyond that or choose beyond that. And, you know, we can look at that from so many aspects of our life, right? Like you can look at it from a business standpoint. That's one thing, which is an interesting conversation for your show. Or we can look at it from, let's say, from the pleasure zone space of I will never, I will never receive that, right? So those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I when I work with couples, I've actually had a few couples who've been very in- intriguing to me who I get them to do these lists of uh, what you really truly desire. Say, for example, for pleasure, what do you truly desire in the bedroom? What is something that you will not do at all? And that's your boundary. That's the thing that you have created a definition of no way about, Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. on the other end of it is, where are you willing to negotiate? And it's such an easy um, thing to go through. Like in terms of the list, it's a really pretty simple list, right? And it's amazing how much it can create uh, tension and conflict, even inner conflict, just trying to get through the list of knowing mm-hmm. for you what is a yes for you and what is doesn't work for you. But then also knowing where you're willing to negotiate because you might not have the, enough experience or information on hand to be a definite yes or a definite no, right? So you yeah. can have preferences and there could be some leniency. Right. And the preferences are so much easier to to really just connect in with and go, okay, so I this is how I prefer it, but would this be fun? Hey, Hey, body, would right. you like to do this? Hey, business, would this be a contribution? I know for me, um, it was so funny because you and I were um, playing together and, and doing business together this weekend. And we were talking about something so simple here on the Inspire Choices Network. So when the network was created two and a half years ago, um, I had a very strong <laughs> This makes me laugh, but I'm even saying this. I had a very strong point of view about putting up podcasts, the word mm-hmm. podcast on the site. And I'm sure you were well aware of this. Yep. <laughs> and, and I was like, no, it's not podcasts, they're live radio shows, right? <laughs> and And slowly over the last, I would say the last two or three months, that's been softening. And to the point that I, I started to change the wording, that it was archive and podcast. And then mm-hmm. this week, and I'm like, what am I doing? It should be pot. It was so funny, Melissa. It was like looking at it today. I'm like, that should have been podcast all along. What was I thinking? And It was adorable. So- it was everybody else's <laughs> point of view of podcasts, right? You're like, hey, right. this is and- what people search for. Let's use it. Right, but that for me, I don't know what it was, but it's just an example of if you're willing to ask the question of what will actually contribute to you and and be open to it being exactly the opposite of what you think you would prefer, 
you, you might be pleasantly surprised how much easier your life can become. It's so true. And I know for sure that that is completely true also when it comes to sex and when it comes to pleasure with yourself and with your partner. And, you know, so one thing that I definitely have on my no way list, not that I'd ever even have to discuss this with my lover, Mike, not that I'd ever ever have to say to him, this is a no show, because I'm pretty sure in his universe, it's a no go and a no show as well, is... um and I just need to say this word because it's so funny uh, to me. And for those of you who are listening, if you're into coprophilia, I'm that's cool. Like, that's your choice. For me, it's a no-go. And if you're wondering what on earth is that, coprophilia is when you have have the love of poop, poop on you, poop around you, the smell of poop. You're fascinated by poop. Poop is your love affair. And... Maybe one day I'll have a show about poop. I've done one about pee, and it was it was one of the best listened to episodes I've ever had. So, uh, that one's called urophilia, but this is coprophilia, and so I know on my no way list lands this coprophilia. I'm not interested in being pooped on or pooping on others, uh, smearing poop on anything, smelling poop too. I'm not interested in that. Um, I think after cleaning diapers for three years for my daughter, I was really like, that is not fun. <laughs> I'm just, it wasn't fun when I was doing it. wasn't fun when I was a nanny. I don't even like get off wiping my own bum. So, you know, <laughs> it's just not, it's not something that I'm like, ooh, let me spend some extra time here and really enjoy this. <clears throat> so, you know, there are some of those things where I'm like, hmm, I don't know if I loosened up that grip, if that would change my life all that much. It might. I mean, it might be a limitation for me. I might be missing out on something like what, you know, I might not know. I might not know for sure that that's true. But right now in my reality, that's bound, that I guess would be a boundary, you could say. That is like something that I definitely do not have a preference to have. Um, I have a preference you know, to they- not have it. Right. But I think yeah. that there, God bless you. I think that there is a difference, Melissa, between saying, this does not work for me. This is not something I'm choosing and a boundary. So, mm. so for me, it's like when there are things that are like, this is a no, this is, this is definitely a no for me. That does not work for me. Those are usually it for most people that I have, you know, been connected with and that I've coached with. There's usually two or three of those. Mm-hmm. But what I have found, especially in the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years, people talking about you need boundaries. You, honestly, it's so funny that you chose this topic for us to discuss tonight because mm-hmm. I literally do an eye roll. You know, basically, I'm eye rolling every single time. I say the word boundaries. I, I see people talk about I need a, you you should have boundaries like that's a boundary I'm you know my boundaries are not strong enough and I'm like for the God's sakes like you know it's it, it gives off <laughs> that's my eye roll words in my I head. love it 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 gives off the um it gives off the energy that you are not strong enough to deal with something in the moment and. So many people have been preaching this. A lot of spiritual people preach this. A lot of, you know, supposed gurus preach this. And it's like, wait a second. Why wouldn't you give somebody the opportunity to look at 
each thing individually as it comes forth. Instead of saying we need these blanket boundaries, I just, I just really get that a lot of people are just making other people that have said you should have a boundary around that. It's like, are you kidding me? It's like, you know, kids, right? Teenagers. Your daughter's not mm. a teenager yet. I have been through the ringer with my kids. But you know what? Mm. I I do not do blanket boundaries with them. I don't. Because when we do blanket boundaries with someone, we have decided that that's the way it's always going to be. And a child, especially a child growing into being a teenager and a young adult, they are in a continuous, continuous, continuous flow of change. So if you put up a blanket boundary, what are you saying about the possibility of something showing up differently with them? You're saying, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah, and when you've decided that it's not going to happen, then if something shows up in their life, for example, if you say to them, there's no way, there's no how you're going to to a party with, you know, uh, Felicia, no way, that's not going to happen. You're never allowed to go to that party. You're never allowed to see her again, blah, blah, blah. You create this boundary, sort of this, you know, confining, defining rule. And then your kid's going to not only want to go hang out with Felicia, that when she does hang out with Felicia and she ends up at Felicia's house and is in a place where maybe she's not safe, will not call you to get assistance or to get out of there or to get help because she doesn't want you to know that you she's broken the cardinal rules, right? So having those cardinal rules will not have your kids feel like they can rely on you or even trust you or even, you know, go to you for anything. So I know for me in in our house, I know I was always told that because my mom had no boundaries, we had no boundaries. My mom had undefined boundaries that she never had to say. Like, we knew that we were not to kill people, and we knew that we weren't to steal from each other. Um, Those were like our unspoken boundaries in the house. Pretty much anything else could fly. As long as we were, you know, there was some, like, a level of um, not stealing and not uh, physically killing. Some human decency was all we required. Um, Everything else was life is experimental, right? And she was also not really interested in controlling our lives ever. So we could rely on her, right? If it was like, I remember going to a concert when I was like 17 or 18 years old. I needed my mom to pick me up from downtown Toronto, which was about an hour away from where we lived. She And this is before, you know, before there were cell phones. So I had to find that phone and locate her and have her pick me up. And I know that I was standing at a concert beside a guy who was smoking joints and just high as a kite. And that was the first time I'd ever smelt marijuana. And I was standing beside him and I got in the car and I was like, Mama, I don't feel good. My mom said, you smell like pot. I'm like, I thought that was pot. She's like, were you smoking it? I'm like, honestly, I wasn't smoking it, but I feel like I was because I was standing beside a guy who was smoking it. So she went into like emergency mode. She's like, we need to get you drinks. We need to get you home. You need to lie down. Um, But there wasn't like a never again. You're not going to a concert ever again. Not with those people, blah, blah, blah. It was like, okay, well, here's the situation. That's what we're going to do to look after you. Right. So, so, you know, that response had me like never really feel like, you know, being in those positions. So I didn't put myself in a lot of positions where I, um, 
I would be in uh, like harm's way that way. I, I right. kind of had now. Then I had this information. I was like, okay, this is what I need to do. If my body's in this position, I need to go and look after it and do whatever's required. So, yeah, it's a totally so different mom, uh, response. So your mom, um, so your mom actually taught you what to do in those in those moments so she used it as an opportunity to educate you not to cut yeah. off your awareness to what would, would possibly occur in the future absolutely so that was Very pretty cool. lucky yeah so we're heading up to our first commercial break so i'd like you guys to stick around we're going to be talking more about boundaries i'm probably talking <laughs> about some bondage and bindings and all kinds of things that will bind us in fun, sexual, sensual <laughs> ways. Um, not these unfun ways that are restricting us, but maybe restricting bodies for a little bit of interesting play. We'll talk mm. more about that. Mm, yum, yum. After this <laughs> commercial break. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Milica Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to info at MilicaJelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Hello, sweet pleasure seekers. Welcome back to the Pleasure Zone. So fun. Tonight we're talking about boundaries. We're exploring what boundaries are in our lives, how we look at them from different perspectives, from parenting, from our work even, from just so many perspectives. And we're also going to dive into the boundaries that could be fun things where we're actually bound. 
And sometimes when we're bound, we're actually bound to some extreme limits, which is in the definition, uh, which Christine found uh, in the etymology online, is boundary. Christine, do you want to read that? Because you found that. Sure. So it says boundary, that which indicates the limits of anything. So 1620s, um, that was definition came from there. And it's strictly a visible mark indicating a dividing line, a bound being the limit or furthest point of extension of any one thing. Now, I find that so interesting that a boundary is a limit. Mm-hmm. Especially it, it from is, the ask. Go ahead. They're they're actually acknowledging that it's a limit, or like which would be like a limitation, right? They're saying mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, from a physical standpoint, there can be a place where um, there's a limit as to how far your body is being willing to be put, moved, say for example, or held in place. So when when it comes to being bound. For example, um, so this very interesting course I've been taking lately on sex and intimacy has a lot of really cool tips and tools on uh, binding bodies with different things like ropes, um, scarves, all kinds of wonderful things. And um, so you can find that on Loveology. Um, <laughs> I think it's, yeah, loveology.com. And it's it's a fast, there's so many fascinating courses in there, but if you are interested in getting uh, bound in any way, definitely get some education as to how to bind a body and um, where the appropriate places to bind a body are. Um, there are definitely some do's and don'ts for that in terms of safety issues. So even when it comes to um, binding, you definitely need to consider some safety things, right? So mm-hmm. <laughs> for you know, like where do you put a, you know, where do you put a uh, rope or a tie, and how do you position legs and arms? And that's actually something that's a lot easier to show uh, via video than it is to kind of explain, um, you know, sort of through a dialogue. So there are so many, so many videos out there that are available uh, that have really distinct. Um, how can I say it's like really distinct instructions so that you know how to do this and and not be harmed. But there are some pretty standard ones. Uh, For example, one of the most standard ones are where you might have your hands bound just together. And there's some pretty simple ways you can even just do that binding um, together, right? So... We just ended up with people walking in our house. It's all fascinating. I've got noises happening here. Interesting. <laughs> so welcome to my world. We've got like visitors coming through. Melissa, so you, you apparently don't have any boundaries to this. I have no boundaries. So everybody comes into my home while my show's going on. And it's all it's all very fascinating. <laughs> so when, so, yeah. Melissa, what so, is it? What is it about uh, being bound that people enjoy, um, that they're they're pulled to that? I mean, everybody knows uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, and yeah. in that in that show, Christian um, was very interested and enjoyed a great deal 
of binding, um, can't remember what her name was, um, his love interest. I can't remember and, her name either, but yes, yeah. <laughs> she, right? But he wasn't interested at all in being bound. Right. So originally he was. So with most people who are the binders, at some point they have actually been bound. And in order to be in a position of dominance, actually require being in a position of submission first to really get what it's like to be in the position of being the submissive. So for most people who are really amazing at being uh, dominators, dominatrixes, or being in the position of master to slave, you would want to have experienced the slave position first so that you know what it's like uh, as as the partner of of the slave, right? So, so, uh, so I recommend if that's something that you want to be is a master or a dominator or dominatrix is to know what it's like to submit. So when you are in that position of submission, you learn how to let go. You learn how to surrender and you learn how to be um, totally out of control. So you don't require being in uh, chains or anything like that. It doesn't have to be harsh. For everybody, there's like a level of surrender that's a comfort level for them. And being bound is not actually about putting you in a position where you feel uncomfortable. It's actually for your pleasure where you're willing to let yourself surrender into the moment where you feel um, like the other person is is in charge. So you, as, you also do have a say, but the other person's in charge. The other person's in charge of your pleasure in a way. So right. in so many ways, it can be incredibly enticing to even consider it. So to consider right. being in that that position, like let's say for for example, Christine, if if um, you were in a position of being a submissive and you mm-hmm. were bound, like what? Let's just pretend like that in, as an example. What would be comfortable for you? Would you be one of those people who would want like the chains up against a wall, or would you like something softer, like your hands bound or your hands bound to a bed with something silky? Like what? is your level of uh, willingness to surrender and submit. Well, that's really, that's really interesting. I've never thought about it like that. Um, well, you, you know that I've had, you know, I've had a neck injury in the past and mm-hmm. um, it affects my shoulders. And mm-hmm. so if, if I was having to stand up and put my arms up for long periods of time, that would create a great deal of discomfort for me. Mm-hmm. So for for me, I, I definitely would want something softer. I would want to be uh, lying in bed um, would be my preference, and something mm-hmm. soft like you know, I see I've seen pictures of people with chains around their wrists, and I'm like, yeah, that doesn't work for me. Um, maybe nice leather or some, you know, sometimes uh, I've seen pictures of people with silk scarves things like that. I to me I think that would be more comfortable, right? Um mm. and and enjoyable. But you know what I found find interesting, Melita? I had I had a uh, a dom contact me once and mm-hmm. this was when I was single and dating and he asked me to be his submissive. Mm. <laughs> and 
the good Catholic girl in me was appalled <laughs> out of the gate. <laughs> um, but then I was curious. So we actually had um, a texting conversation back and forth, and not from the, not from an angry place. I, I was really curious, you know, what was it yeah. about me, and what would that look like, and you know, and. I just really was curious as, as to what that whole world was like. So I asked a lot of questions. And what I found incredibly fascinating, first of all, he was very respectful, um, mm-hmm. quite, edu- quite educated. You could tell in, in the way that he communicated. And he said to me something that really shocked me initially, but he said, while you would be the submissive, you are actually the one in control. And I'm Absolutely. like, what? What are you talking about, right? And and I and then so he goes on to explain that first of all, a dom does nothing that the submissive is not interested in doing. Yeah. So you're that's the one true. that's making you're the one that's making the choice. And he also said that there is always a safe word, so that yeah. if if it ever crosses a line that you're not comfortable with, you control when when it stops. So I found that very fascinating. And it took me a while to really kind of get some space with it and look at that. And it was, it changed my perspective. So I'm so glad that I didn't have a huge, you know, boundary around that conversation. Yeah. Because it opened up me looking at everything from a completely different angle. And I thought, what a beautiful way for people to honor each other and communicate with each other. You know, it actually of, is. Yeah. A lot of it's people one of when the most, go in You go ahead. So, yeah, so uh, what um what I've noticed is it's actually one of the most communicative types of relationships, the dom and the submissive or slave master. They have contracts often that they write up in advance to discuss what they're, what they are willing or not willing to do, uh, what they'll do for each other, and when the relationship ends, how it will end. Um, it's actually something that I think that all relationships could learn from is how the master-slave, uh, dom-submissive relationship works, because in essence we all have that power play going on in our relationships, maybe not to the same. Uh, play level that the submissive and the dom have uh, and what if we could use so many of those tools that they're using in a way that works for our relationships as well well that doesn't that speak to the program that i have um, divorce with dignity yes you know we go into relationships and it doesn't matter which relationship whether it's an employer employee um, it's a sexual relationship, it's it's a friendship, whatever relationship you're speaking to, we go into these relationships with because we desire them, because we choose them, because we would like something positive out of them. And it, it's wonderful when we actually say, let's have this communication, let's deal with these different types of things that are possible in this way should they come up. And and right out of the gate, you're being kind to everyone involved, including yourself. Absolutely. So much easier, right? 
Right. And, and, but what is the majority of people doing? The majority of people are just saying, nope, that's a boundary. You can't cross there. Mm-hmm. I'm not dealing, like just this angry push energy. It's, it's crazy. Yes, it is. And I love that, um, you mentioned the safe word thing because, um, I, I know. I know some people who use safe words for conversations too, which isn't just well, about sex. And I think it's pretty useful <laughs> not to name names. Well, <laughs> well, you are talking about me. I know that. And yes, yeah. it was, it was something that came up with, with my partner and I, and we were in a, a, a situation pretty young into our relationship um, where it wasn't just the two of us. There was someone else in the room. We were having it pretty heated discussion and there were things said not unkind things but things that I felt was not the place to speak to them and afterwards you know we had a conversation about it and I just said look I said I would I'd like us to have a safe word and he kind of looked at me like what (laughs) what are you talking about because most people think of a safe word in sex and I said I would like to have a safe word that if I'm not comfortable or you're not comfortable with where conversation is going, that we can say this safe word and we stop. No questions. We stop. And he just looked at me and he's like, that's a really good idea. That's, that's a really really good good idea. idea. And, and what we do is, you know, it's not that we don't come back to that conversation because oftentimes if it's something that's upsetting the other person, we would like to resolve it, but we let it go for the time being. Mm-hmm. And I, I've got to say that this has been one of the easiest ways to communicate in a relationship that I've ever had the pleasure of communicating in. Isn't that ideal? When you know this, when you know certain things about you and you know what tools will work for you, uh, isn't it just kind of crazy not to use them? I think it's like, you know, it's going to work yes. for you. Just use it. There, there are right. some pretty standard. Um, there are some pretty standard words out there. <clears throat> there my throat keeps on wanting to cough. So there's some pretty standard words out there that are used for safe words, and mm-hmm. they are related to lights. So you got your green lights a go, your yellow lights a you're kind of hitting areas that might not be working for me and a red mm-hmm. light is definitely stop that's done. So that's a pretty standard type of safe words in in the BDSM mm. sort of bondage and get yourself some boundaries <laughs> lifestyles. So if you right. can't think of a safe word, those are some ones that are pretty common and standard that you can use and you can use in conversations like Christine is saying. They use a safe word in their conversations and you can do the same thing if you like. So know which words work for you. And it's really helpful for your partner too. If your partner's willing to respect you and respect the safe words, not only can your conversations be fantastic think about how that's going to contribute to your sex life when you know what's going to work for you and doesn't work for you and you can give them the green light yellow light red light anytime to just wrap it up 
to just know, yeah, <laughs> do that. Keep it going. Keep it going, green light. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we need to have, like, lights in the bedroom that, you know. Wouldn't that be great? You we, just, like, press we, it? You press a button and this great big huge light goes on. <laughs> that would be so funny. be fantastic. Like, Everybody oh, gets like stop lights in their bedrooms. It'd be like yeah. it'd be like strobe lights, right? <laughs> Maybe I'll make like kitty collars that I can just press a button that then from my hand that goes to the kitty collar and then you can see like red, yellow, green going off. So the ki- so the kitty collar shows up in red or shows up in green. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen to and us. That's business creation in the moment. <laughs> Right, I have the trademark on that idea. Okay. <laughs> Linguistic that stamped it. <laughs> totally. All right. Well, we're going to head off to our next commercial break, and we're going to come back with some more silliness, more boundaries, and more fun with what we can do with boundaries that are enjoyable instead of making them be that cringe word in our lives. So we'll be. You're listening to the Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices and Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Milica Jelanić, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Milica Jelanić, You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly, other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Milica Jelanić is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzayelenich.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736, or you can Skype us at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com, or send your questions or comments via email to info at MilicaJelanić.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, sweet pleasure seekers. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone, and tonight we're talking about boundaries. Boundaries. Aroundaries. Roundaries and boundaries. So thanks for joining me, Miss Christine McKeever. It's been so fun talking about boundaries and all things that we like to 
bind up. One of the fun things, actually, I wanted to share with you, and I forgot to tell you on the weekend when you were when you visited, because I was going to show you this video. I saw one of the foxiest things on one of my uh, videos for my class, which was it's called um, CBT, cock and ball torture, and it's not actually torture, but it's like binding the cock and balls with a rope tying around and giving little tugs and it's an incredible video which I will share with you when I see you next time and there's there was something to me that was so delightful about it I was like wow that's like magic that is wow. look at those body parts all bound up it was so like mm, what was magic about it it was just that it was like there was so the woman who was doing the binding had so much joy in gifting the binding and the person receiving it, his body just responded like immediately to the binding. Like he just, his body was so happy about it that it, that to me was the magic was like watching two people who thoroughly enjoy their roles and totally embrace their roles uh, not from like a pornographic standpoint where they're trying to put on a show, but this is their lives. Uh, so it was a woman who teaches dominate, uh, being a dominatrix. She teaches dom work and she teaches um, submissives as well. And this right. is her entire career, right? She's based out of San Francisco. She has a dungeon there. And this is her thing. And she's been doing it for like 30 years. And her her submissive has been with her for a number of years and he so thoroughly enjoys all of the things that uh, she gifts his body that it was just fascinating to to watch mm. this relationship um, in front of a group of people where then they all got to experiment with binding him as well. So I was like, wow, fascinating. That's interesting. Like, what, an, what an amazing thing. Okay, you know what's just popping up for me is you're telling us this very interesting yeah. creation. <laughs> How much does the when we're talking about boundaries that we put up in relationships with people or you know whether it's your children, your coworkers, your friends, your lovers, whatever. But I'm talking about, you know, I don't want to talk about that or you can't do that or you know those types of boundaries. How much do we actually enjoy being the dom in those mm-hmm. relationships in telling people what they can and cannot do? Absolutely love it. Right? And how much Absolutely. do the people that are pushing, that are pushing, how much do they enjoy actually pushing at your boundaries? They love it. And they also love all of the things that are the punishments that come with it, right? So if the punishment is you can't do this, they enjoy being told they can't do it and they enjoy whatever the result is. So if the result is now you have to stay in your room all by yourself, oh, I'm all like secluded in my room by myself. I actually was a nanny for a little girl who would ask at the age of three, would ask me to tie her hands. I'm still friends with that family and with that girl. I haven't asked her uh, if that's like a preference she still has, but even as a little girl, her preference and she would ask for it was for me to tie her hands. If she was getting crabby or if she was upset she would bring me a rope and ask me to tie her hands together. And I can't tell you on how many occasions her parents walked in with me having her hands tied together. And I'm like, <laughs> I know this looks bad, 
but she actually asked for this. And they're like, don't worry, we know. She has this fascination with being bound. And she really did, like everything. She would wear mittens and she would want her mittens to be so tight they would almost cut off circulation. And she liked her shoes being extra tight, kind of like she had past lives in China where her feet were bound. She, If she wasn't bound, she was upset. And so I would sometimes just have to like pin her down and and like she loved it that was her thing and as as long as she was tied up she was okay or as long as her hands had something tight on them she was okay it was really interesting to be in the position of the gifter for that because it would at first it made me cry i felt so bad i was like i don't know why you want this like i don't know why you want torture and i i couldn't wrap my brain around it um until mm-hmm. i kind of looked into it more that really some of these preferences start pretty young and they're not because you've had you know an awful upbringing or something they're truly like preferences that we have that we might have had since we were little so do you think that that some individuals like the challenge of trying to struggle to get out of what binds them I do know there's that. Um, my brother actually liked being bound when he was little, too. He would call it rope-a-dope. And he would bring the ropes, and he would ask my <laughs> uncles to tie him to a chair. And he loved the challenge of getting out of it. Uh, again, I have not asked him if that's still a thing. <laughs> but but there there is this like, desire to like know how to get out, or you have this like sense of accomplishment that... <gasps> Look, I got out of that. Look, look at me. I could do this. I can get out of this. And there's even a sense of desire to remain tied up because as as I heard one woman talk about it, she said it's an excellent way to be a lazy lover. And right? If you're all tied up, you get to be too. a lazy We were watching a, a comedy together oh, and Right. Yeah. And she said that about being a lazy lover and I thought, well, there's a line that I could I get like I get that line and that there I'm sure are a lot of people who just sure now I'm all bound I'm all tied up you you get to do whatever you want to do and I don't have to do anything right so there is some value to it for people who are maybe, yeah if you're a lazy lover and that's so really fascinating great. and it really it's is just... all about pleasure too like it's all about what do they like do they want this or would they like do they soft touch would they like some feathers would they like some scratches or tickle torture or there's so many levels of it and and interestingly enough it's actually one of the safest forms of sex right now going on the planet because so much of it is not about penetration of any kind it Mm -hmm. really is about play external play like on the body and so much of it is about um, receiving pleasure from not the most expected sources, right? It has to do mostly mm-hmm. with different uh, philias, different paraphilias, where you have fascinations with different things, whether it's heat or cold or different kinds of touch. So in so many ways, this uh, could actually revolutionize a lot of the stuff that's going on with STDs, being willing to explore mm these sort of darker sides of ourselves. It's it's fascinating to me that we have absolutely tied torture to boundaries, mm-hmm. um, especially when it comes to sexual adventure. Um, you know, there is, there is the, I can't remember how exactly how this saying went, 
Um, but I remember it's, it was, you know, when I first kind of started to be sexually active, I heard this saying and it was, it went something like we both know the, what the present is in the box. It's not mm. about getting to the box. It's about the enjoyment on the way to the box, on the mm-hmm. way to the mm-hmm. present, right? So if you yeah. were bound and we're enjoying the pleasure of being teased or, you know, very lightly touched and or even, you know, some people enjoy spanking or some of those different things, if we understand that this is not about torture, this is about you know, really seeing what would be enjoyable for ourselves. I wonder how much more enjoyment people would have with their bodies and with and with their lovers if they would explore this in a different way than, you know, what what most people have been um, drilled into their heads about being bound. What I do know is it will be an incredible invitation for people to be willing to let go in general so many things where we think we need to be in control. Once you start to let go in one area, you will start to let go in other areas. And it's not about having your life fall apart and turn to chaos. It's about letting go of the places where that control is actually not creating for you in your life. And like with you, with the website, and you're realizing podcast, this resistance to podcasts is actually not creating greater in your life. It's like you let go of that. Mm-hmm. And then you start to go, wow, maybe this could open these avenues that I hadn't been willing to explore and it's so Mm -hmm. amazing and I'm so grateful that you brought up spanking because next week's episode is all about spanking and there Mm. are so many great and cool things to talk about spanking and how to spank so that your body as the person spanking doesn't get hurt because you could actually spank to the point where your body hurts so learning how to spank Mm. so that your body is not harmed learning how to spank the juicy spots on the body so their body isn't harmed. And there was going to be such a delightful, yummy conversation about spanking. Um, And I like talking about spanking. It's just fun. (laughs) So I want to thank you, Christine, for being my guest tonight. I'm so grateful that you contributed to this show. Um, It's always a joy to have you on. And for those of you listening, um, you can find Christine on inspiredchoices.com, correct? You can find her uh, show. Thank you for listening Thanks, to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenic. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.